Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bit with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. But today, as I say on every episode, we got a great show for you today. Every now and then you get a legend that comes on the show, and we love it when we have that because you just never know where the show's going to go. We look forward to hearing. We got T.G. Shepard coming on. He's got 21 number one hits um, from years ago. He's got some new music out now that we're excited to talk about. We're definitely excited to talk about some of his story because, as everybody knows, we are up close and personal type of show. So, T.G., are yeah. you here? How are you doing? I'm doing good, and good yourself? Oh, wow. I've been looking forward to our visit today. Yeah, I'm quite a storyteller myself. <laughs> you know, what's that. life without stories, right? Absolutely. I, I mean, really, I mean, when you get right down to life, uh, life is all about stories anyway. You just have to find a way to piece them all together. Exactly, because you know, even in the Bible days, when you know Jesus to relate to everything told stories. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so stories are great. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, I always like to talk about you know we're in a crazy time right now, and we got the big elephant in the room. I always like to talk about it first, get it out the way. Um, but how has COVID affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through it? Well, um, my family and I are very spiritual people. We uh, mm-hmm. we lean a lot on prayer, and we we Amen. hang with we hang we hang with our family more than we have ever been able to before. So my family gets me through it. Uh, <laughs> my career has spanned so many years that we have built a great following along the way. A lot of the fans and stuff stay in touch with us through social media. And we, we spend a lot of time on social media with our fans. And so I, I, I think all we can do now as we go through these crazy times is <laughs> I have a philosophy about what's happened. I think it's God's way of pushing a reset button yeah. uh, to get, to get life back to a little more simpler times because we've gotten so involved with technical, uh, you know, uh, technology with computerization mm-hmm. and stuff that no one's really communicating much anymore. And so I think it's just a reset button, but we'll get through these days and, and it'll get back to normal eventually. Yeah, you know, talking about reset, I, I love that because I've I've always preached it. You know, now my wife and I, we've been a twenty four seven couple for almost eighteen years of our marriage. I mean, we'll be eighteen years next month, <clears throat> and I would never Ooh. preach that people should be a twenty four seven couple, but I do preach that you know what, time is killing marriages out there, <clears throat> and I and and people argue with me all the time for years. They've argued because I'm like, you know what, you know, they're like, well, my dad, my mommy and daddy worked sixty hours a week when I was growing up. And I'm like, well, you don't realize 60 hours a week, even 20 years ago, is different than 60 – because 60 hours a week now because of technology becomes 80 because you always bring work home. Sure, sure. I I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, the times have changed, and uh, people nowadays are are working a lot more hours than they think they are because you do bring it home and just time on your phone and your computer. I agree. <laughs> and during this COVID, it's funny because we launched our show in January, and our goal, really, to be honest, was eighty to a hundred interviews first year. We thought, you know what, if we did a hundred interviews 
our very first year as a show, that would prove that we're doing something right. That would also that would also probably be ahead of most hosts. And when COVID happened, I told Sandy, I was like, you know, this is our year to shine. I was like, our new artists are going to need a place to talk. We're going to give them that platform because we are a 60-minute type show, you know, because we like to get up and up close and personal. I was like, you know what? We just need to go all out. And because of that decision, we're over 200 interviews, and now our goal is 300 for the year. <laughs> oh, yes, working on well, 300. Well, congratulations on your success so far. That's that's uh, that's quite a few interviews to do. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's been hectic, you. especially with uh, especially with the eight year old and a eight you know and a um, eighteen month old. It's you know sometimes it gets tough and crazy, and it usually happens right before a show where all chaos happens. I'm sure you know that with doing your satellite show that it chaos probably happens right before you're about to do it. <laughs> well, sometimes it happens right when you're in the middle of it too. <laughs> So you have to be you have to be prepared <laughs> yes. for anything happening, you know. So yes. tell us a little bit about that show that you do on a weekly basis, um, dedicated to Elvis and stuff. Well, it it comes live from Graceland uh, every Friday, uh, three p.m. Central to seven p.m. I mean, three p.m. Eastern to seven p.m. Eastern, two to six mm-hmm. Central. It's a four-hour show every Friday, and I have a guest on each week. And uh, it, it's just – I've been very blessed to have a radio show that I've been able to go to my Rolodex and call in friends <laughs> to do interviews. Yeah. I mean, we've we've had guests on the show like Barry Gibb, Olivia Newton-John, Lionel yeah. Richie, Dolly Parton, Kid Rock. Uh, you you name it, they have they've done mm-hmm. they've all come and done the show. And so, yeah. matter of fact, this week this week on my show is uh, Reba McIntyre. This coming Friday. Oh wow! So we, I love doing radio. It's it's time consuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, <laughs> if you're going to do it right, it takes a little bit of advanced work. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm enjoying uh, reaching an audience that maybe I might not have reached before. So it's it's a lot of fun for me. The T.G. Shepherd show is is a lot of fun for me. And that's so true um, about the with reaching a different audience because you know as you grow through all this, you know the technology audience. I mean, there's like there's a different things I'm learning too. Is there's different audience for audio podcast versus video podcast. People think that, you know, if, if I move my audio podcast to video, I would probably lose audience, but you actually don't. You gain audience because there's some people that mm-hmm. they will not watch. And there's other people that right. they right. will not listen. They don't, they want to watch. Mm-hmm. So it's like two it's like two separate audiences. So it's really crazy out there. <laughs> well it it's always exciting for me on my show to get fan mm-hmm. mail from the Netherlands or from Germany or from Switzerland oh, wow. or from Russia or wow. Japan because our our show is basically worldwide so it's it's mm-hmm. just very mm-hmm. exciting. I love that. Now one thing I like to do on the show is um get talk about the backstory. You know, tell everybody a little bit of where you're originally from and kind of a brief backstory of you to get people a little caught up here. Well, my journey started when I was 15 years old. I ran away from home. I was a runaway. And uh, oh, wow. I hitchhiked to Memphis uh, from Humboldt, Tennessee. I always wanted to be in music, and my father was very strict. And 
had planned on me uh, following in the uh, footsteps of heavy equipment with bulldozers and combines and cotton pickers. And so I, I wanted music. So I ran away from home to chase my dream and God let me catch it. And uh, it, it's, it, it, so that's really kind of where it all started for me at a very early age was to run away to Memphis to look for an opportunity. And I was able to, uh, to make my place uh, my mark in country music. Now, how did you end up becoming friends with Elvis? Because we, recently we had um, Deborah Allen on our show, and she yeah. talked about how her, um, her parents did the inside of his buses, and that's how yeah. yes, she got introduced to him and all that. So I always mm-hmm. like to hear the stories of how they got and – and I know that he became great friends with you, so how did all that happen? Well, when I ran away from home at 15, I wound up in Memphis, of course, where Elvis lived. And I was at a Mm -hmm. skating rink late one night, uh, about midnight, and I walked outside. They were cutting the lights off on the outside uh, of the skating rink. And a couple of Cadillacs pull up, and Elvis gets out from behind the lead car behind the wheel and walks over to me and asked me where I was going, and I said, well, I'm I'm leaving. They're closing the roller rink down. He said, oh, no, they're opening it up for me. And um, he invited <laughs> oh, wow. me into, he invited me inside to roller skate with them. And so we roller skated from about midnight to 4 a.m., and then after that he invited me up to Graceland, and we had a bite to eat, and that was the start of a friendship that lasted until the day he passed. Uh, I, wow. I, I, you know, it's strange thing is when I was about 12 or 13 years old, I told my mom, I said, Mom, someday I'm going to meet Elvis and he's going to become my friend. And she said, <laughs> I, wouldn't get, I wouldn't get my hopes up, son, because meeting him is one thing, but becoming friends is, I think the chances are very slim. But I always knew it would happen and lo and behold, it did. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, and I know, and I know people mean well, but ain't it something how when you've got a dream, that you have people out there, and it could be family, friends, it doesn't matter. But when you've got a dream, you've got people like, don't get your hopes up, or you've got to have a plan B or a plan C or a plan D. Right. And they don't get when you've got that dream, you will do anything it takes to get there, and they don't understand that part of it. And I also preach this to people <laughs> that I run into on the road. People will come mm-hmm. up to me and say, you know, I've always dreamed of being a singer or a songwriter. I've always dreamed of being in the business. But, you know, it passed me by. Uh, I'm in an age now where it's too late for me. And my comeback to yeah. anyone who has a dream, and my comeback to them is this. If you think it's past you, you're wrong. Because it's never too late in life yep. to be who you to be who you might have been. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, something that I've noticed, too, um, you know, one thing I like to talk about on our show is, and I don't think this is talked about enough, um, talking about the dream and chasing the dream, is how, you know, is the, you know, a lot of people, they see Blake Shelton, the glory behind him, the glory behind Carrie, the glory behind all these big artists, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifices, the tears that it takes to get to those not just get to those levels, but just a career. And I always like to kind of talk about that side of it because nobody talks about that. Nobody, everybody talks about the fun side and all that. And I always like to talk about the rough side too. You know, I'm gonna tell a quick story to help us guide into where I want this to go. But back in 2014, 
we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time she was full-time with music, and her and her daughter. And I remember asking her, um, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And I'll never forget her answer. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said, the day you want it to be a career, you no longer own your life. Everybody owns a piece of it. Your friends and relatives will never understand, she went on, that you, you know, they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to, um, to weekends and holidays. But you, know, you have gigs, especially at the beginning. You are grinding and grinding and grinding trying to get that breakthrough to happen. And they don't get that you can't just say no to a gig, and you definitely can't cancel once you've already got that gig. So you can't, you can't just do that. Then on top of that, your family has a sacrifice. Then if that wasn't enough, there are days and moments where you just feel miserable. But you've got to get on that stage at night and smile like there's no tomorrow. But then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because that's the only way that those kind of sacrifices would ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that. Well, I totally agree. Uh, I, I totally agree that the grind is not just when you're starting also uh, and, and you're starting out. But yeah. if, if you really want to have longevity in my business as a performer, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. grind is a continuous thing because once you attain a certain amount of success in this business, it's harder mm-hmm. to stay there than it was to get there because the yeah. competition is so heavy. There are so many people who are also fulfilling the same dream. So, mm-hmm. therefore, you've got to work even harder once you attain a career to keep it than it was to get it started. And so it's, it, it's really uh, – you have to be dedicated to what you do in this business. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of times that, you know, you don't feel like getting on a stage. But a wonderful thing happens, Chris. <laughs> a wonderful thing happens. When you get on stage, no matter what's going on as a distraction mm-hmm. to you, it could be not feeling well. It could be something yeah. that just happened to you before you went on stage. A wonderful thing happens that God gives you. It's called adrenaline. And when, mm-hmm. that, adrenaline, when that adrenaline kicks in and you hit the stage, and the lights come on, and the band starts, and the people are applauding. The adrenaline takes you all the way through the show. So if you're sick, you get through the show because of adrenaline and your love of what you do. Yeah, I love that. And I definitely know what you're saying because there are days I don't feel like doing this show, but when I, once we get started, I'm like all in. And, and, a, and a quick story, I remember before Zig Ziglar died, because I'm a big person in the motivational stuff and all that too. Oh, I but love a few, Zig Ziglar. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. But a few years before he passed away, he came to Savannah. So we went to go see him. And I remember yeah. sitting in the audience and watching him walk on that stage. And he's like got this cane, and he can barely walk. And I'm sitting there like, well, I guess we done miss Zig Ziglar because, you know, I, I hear all these tapes and all that, and I'm, and I'm thinking we're going to get this excited Zig Ziglar. I mean, that, that's what I'm waiting on. And you see this guy walk up on stage half crippled and all that, and I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, he's he's really um, roughing it, uh, uh, and he can barely walk. And when he gets the mic, all of a sudden the cane drops. 
and he goes back and forth, and I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, he's in a zone like I've never seen before. Because, again, I thought we were going to get – because he he could barely walk going up on the stage. That's true. <laughs> and I was like, that's right. God. I knew that was God right there. Well, you know, it, it the adrenaline is a wonderful thing that, that we're afforded to have, and a lot mm-hmm. of people aren't aware of how powerful it really is. You hear these stories about people who who see a car wreck, and, and maybe somebody mm-hmm. is under a car, and they'll walk over and pick the car up off of the person when normally yep. there's not any way right. a human could do that, <laughs> but that adrenaline mm-hmm. is superpower. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> So were there moments, and tell us about these moments, where you had a fork in the road. Every, I think every artist goes through this multiple times through their career. Moments where you're like, is this even worth it? And you almost quit, but you didn't. And what did you do to get through those moments? Well, you just have to, you just have to keep believing and, <laughs> and know that whatever you're going through at the present time is temporary. If if you're not if you're not connecting like you think you should or you're having a rough time, just keep in mind that tomorrow's another day, next week is another week, and just hang on. You just have to hang on and know that better days are ahead for you if you're going through difficult things. So that that and I think your your faith. Uh also yeah. you have to rely on someone and something bigger than you to get you through difficult times. And with me, it's my mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And that's like us, you know, you know, I went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me almost 13 years ago. But the first five years of our, addic- of my addiction, I mean, of our marriage was part of that addiction. So it, Sandy went through really hell because of my addictions, but you know, she never put me down. She never done none of that. She uplifted me, and you know sometimes people always say, "We'll say when we tell our story that God that um she allowed me to walk over her, but she didn't really do that. She allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. That's what lo- the power of love and God. Well, I totally agree with that. Um, we we all have to have that one individual that we can turn to, and to have mm-hmm. her there. Uh, to believe in you and to get you through it, we're, we're, that's a great luxury to have. Not everyone has someone. A lot of people Come go on. through this life alone, and you, you're, you're very blessed to have had her. Well, thank you. I know I am. You know, again, you know, we'll be eight, married 18 years next month, and been very blessed to have her at my side. And, and now we do a show together, which is pretty cool. You know, I, I would have never imagined 20 years ago or even eight, or even 10 years ago that we would have a show like this going where we bring people like you on and just talk yes, and just so chat, bad. you know, about mm-hmm. life, personal stuff, music, and all of the above. <laughs> well, you know, life uh, life's pretty exciting, isn't it? And, and uh-huh. it, it, it is. The, the, be- the beautiful thing about life is that it's unpredictable. And, you know, mm-hmm. if if we all knew what tomorrow brought, I mean, hey, it wouldn't be as exciting. I mean, to me, I want to know what <laughs> tomorrow true. brings. I, I don't want to know today what tomorrow I want to know what it is right. tomorrow when I wake up. So, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, the, the unknown to me is very exciting. Yeah. 
And speaking of exciting, you know, we talk a lot about the sacrifice side. And, and of course, you know, when we go that way, you got to go the other way too, the glory side. So what are some moments, some highlights from your past where you're like, wow, I got to do that. Just some cool moments and some cool stories. Well, there, there's been a lot of them. You know, I, I think uh, one, a couple of cool moments for me was being able to play the White House for president. Um, oh wow! I was able. Oh, yeah. I was able to play. The, I was able to play the White House for Ronald Reagan, uh, which mm-hmm. was a real joy to oh, wow. come from such humble, poor beginnings to be able to play the White House. And then I played it again for uh, George Bush Singer, uh, Senior, uh, oh, cool. yeah. 41. And so that was kind of exciting. But I don't know. I, I, there, there's, been, there's been several several highlights. I, one of the main highlights, the ACMs were on this past week, mm-hmm. uh, Academy mm-hmm. of Country Music Awards. And I was yeah. very blessed back in the early 80s to be able to sing the top five nominated songs with Dottie West on the 18th uh, Academy Awards of Country Music Show. So that was Mm -hmm. a highlight. There are so many, you know, my days at Graceland with Elvis was a highlight. (laughs) So there's been so many memories that it would take me forever to go through all of them. Uh, it, It just... I have been truly a very, very blessed man. Now, as you know, because of technology, technology's kind of made it easier for people to get noticed, but I think it's harder to get traction because now, where, where years ago, you didn't have all the – I don't think you had all the competition, but now it's like anybody can jump on social media and become something, and I think it's made it harder. Do you think that? Oh, yeah. It, it's much more competitive now than it used to be. But one of the beautiful things now, Chris, is that you don't really have to have a record company behind you. Yep, exactly. Uh, you, you. You, can, you, can be, you can be your own record label you, because mm-hmm. social media with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube has afforded us all of these avenues, these pathways to go down to get exposure to people, to our fans and to new fans. So it, it's it's really and truly uh, more competitive, but we do have more things that are uh, to use to, to reach people yeah. with our music. Exactly. Like we had, um, we had Joe Kelly come on our show. We do a show called State of the Music Business where we bring professionals and executives from the business Yeah, side I love Joe. He's a, good, he's a great guy. <laughs> yeah. And he, he was willing to do, be our first um, interview for that particular um, show, and he came on, and, I remember, and I'll never forget what he said. We were, we were talking about this whole technology and all that. He says, if you go out and get a label, you've just been screwed. He says, there's enough technology now <laughs> to where you can build your base so that the label to you when the time's right. That's true, that, and, and there's been some careers built that way to where – an artist has – well, for example, you see a lot of these young kids now that have been mm-hmm. on YouTube and built several million followers overnight, yep. and then television oh, yeah. shows and record companies go and sign them because they've got such a huge following. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I totally agree with Joe Kelly on that. 
<laughs> yeah, because when we we were talking about that, he was talking. He said he's got. And here's the part of because you know a lot of times your friends and relatives of these up and coming artists will put them down and say you know there's no money there because you know because they only see the Blake Sheltons and the broke person. They don't realize that there's like many levels in between because like Joe Kelly said, there are people making six figures off of their right off of their music business and you would never hear of them because they're doing it their way yeah very true but a lot of that's come about with streaming uh and downloading uh you know and and that's come into play the last few years especially streaming because you Mm -hmm. an artist nowadays can be an unknown and make an incredible amount of money and a great living just through streaming Yep, that is such a powerful thing. Well, we're going to take a quick break here real quick, and then we're going to come back and play the song The Day Elvis Died and talk about that. How's that sound? That'll be great. All right, here we go. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Moms were frying chicken and setting the table to eat. Dads were driving home from work and kids were playing ball in the street. The whole lot stopped when the news came on. At 42, the king was gone. He was loose weight shoes, he was rock and roll, a rebel heart with a gospel soul. Got them all shook up way back in 55. An American dream and a Memphis sun, a star that burned out way too young. We sat at the kitchen table and we cried The day of his died Tears fell from the gates of Graceland to the Berlin Wall There were candlelight vigils and flowers that ten feet tall. There was pain and grief on every face. Someone started singing a 
And when you get around people that's lost that passion, that dream, it's it's tough because you want to uplift them, but you know it's not going to work. Um, once they yeah. once they've lost that, it's real, it, you know, and they bring you down. And with our show, everybody that comes on our show, they are dreamers, and that's what I love about our show is we ha- we're getting the cream of the crop of the dreamers out there. And we love. Well, that. you know, I, I'm always uh, I've always said that when you stop dreaming, you die. And yep, I, I really mm-hmm. think life is life is full of dreams if we will just take the chance to try to fulfill them. A lot of people <clears> don't. <throat> A lot of people hold back or or they don't feel that they can fulfill the dreams. But I, I I do believe that anybody who has a dream can fulfill the dream. It might not yep. be as big or as vivid as they had dreamed it to be, but they'll get they'll yeah. catch part of it if you work towards mm-hmm. it. And, you know, I remember there was an old quote that talked about that, that when you lose that dream, um, your body, your mind dies and just waiting for the body to catch up. Sure. Uh, no, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, I mean, aren't we all blessed to live in a world, especially in a country, that we are afforded the luxury of being able to uh, fulfill our dreams. You know, a, a lot yep. of countries are suppressed to a point that mm-hmm. you aren't allowed to go out there and dream because you're controlled. But we're not. We're very blessed <laughs> to be in America, to where we're free, yep. and we can fulfill our dreams. And that's why when you when you see people come over to this country from other countries, they are usually on fire, not just for America. But for capitalism, free enterprise, dreams, you know, they, yeah. they, they, see, they see everything from a different standpoint than your average American because your average American is we've always had this. So, so they don't – so a lot of times they take it for granted. Well, you know, I, I, it's easy to take it for granted, but I'm, I'm, I'm afforded another great luxury of traveling from uh-huh. other countries and going around the world. Uh-huh. And, and when I'm out of uh, America, when I'm out of the USA mm-hmm. and I'm in other countries, I really have a newfound appreciation for where I come from. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that other countries mm-hmm. aren't beautiful and I enjoy going yeah. there, but we're we're really, truly a blessed nation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love that. <clears throat> now, one thing I like to do on our show that I don't think is gets enough attention out there is um, – is, you know, a lot of people, they see the artists, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the managers, the producers, any of that. They see the artists. And I, and I don't think the teams get enough love. And I've always said, you know what, we're changing that, at least on our show. So, if you, you know, so we have to give a couple minutes for artists to talk about their team. So if you want to take a few minutes, just tell us who the team is that helps you be who you are, because we all know that you can't do what you do without your team. Well, I'm I'm fortunate to have a great. First of all, the most important person in my team is my wife Kelly Lang, who right, is yeah. also a singer-songwriter. Awesome. Yeah, she was and on our show. So she so was. I, yeah. I I I have her. That's my main team player. But then I have great PR people, uh, Don Grubbs and Caroline Fields at Absolute Publicity, who handles my PR, and, and then I've got. I've got uh, – and Kelly and I both have the same people, J.C. Dawn, who takes care of a lot of my social media. And uh, it, it's just – it takes – and then you've got your road crew, your musicians, your band, your sound crew, your your merchandise people. 
there are so many people, and then I've got all of the people at Sirius XM Radio. I have a great producer in Jim Sykes and and and, and Caroline, and just it just takes an army of people to get you where you want to go. And but in the beginning, when you're just starting out, it's just you. And I've always been able to the, a, a great barometer of success in our business is just look back ever so often and see how many people are following you because in the beginning you're walking alone you look back and there's no one there in the beginning but as you grow Mm -hmm. into your career and years later you're able to look back ever so often and see the numbers grow of people Mm -hmm. that are following Mm -hmm. you so it's just wow Uh, it's a great barometer to have but but teams are really and truly make you what you are I love that because, again, I think the teams are so important. And you know what? We kind of got a third co-host for our team, too, our yes, little eight-year-old. So Sandy's going to get him on real quick. Yes, I will go get him. And, uh, and like I said before the show, you know, our 18-month-old, when she gets old enough, we'll be plugging her into the show, too. <laughs> I love it. And we are reaching out to, like, the XM satellite and stuff to try to get our show up there, too. So, you know, we're working on that, right. hopefully. We're in the process of rebranding everything and all that. Well, SiriusXM has a huge audience, millions and millions of people. I'm very, very fortunate to have my own show on SiriusXM. And anybody who would like to tune into our show on Fridays, uh, 3 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 6 Central on Channel 19, Elvis Radio. Love that. I think awesome. She's I've got Christopher here. He's ready with his question. Hi, yes, Tito, let me have the question. Huh? Well, what's, hi, Tito, what's your favorite food? My favorite food? I am a pizza lover. Mm. I love pizza. I love barbecue, but I think my favorite food would have to be Italian. I love yeah. spaghetti. Do you love spaghetti? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got excited Great on that question. one. Great question. And what's a yours, little Chris? <laughs> Do what? His is pizza. Oh, man, I'm telling you. What kind of pizza do you like? Pepperoni and sausage. Here you go, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, James. Bye, you're welcome. Yeah, he loves to come on the show and ask his questions and all that. And we yeah. enjoy oh, having because, again, we – we are a family affair business, so you know, oh, no matter what we do, we're going to always include our kids. Mm-hmm. Sure, always, yes, yes. So now, if you could, and you've done a lot, so you know, your answers may be a little different than some people's. But if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you think you want to write about? I would probably want to write with Chris Christopherson. Oh, that would I be think awesome. he's one of the uh, I think he's one of the most prolific writers of our time, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the other one would be would be Sting of the oh, group wow. when he was with Police. Oh, uh, I would love to write with Dolly Parton because Dolly writes about life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love her songs because they deal with life. So those are three that I would love to write with. I think eventually uh, someday if 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 the opportunity uh, would arise. Yeah, that would be really cool. <clears throat> so um, 
now, now there's probably a thousand answers for this question, but just kind of think of something that pops in your head. Um, what is a song you've heard that you thought, I wish I wrote that? Well, Sunday Morning Coming Down was one of them. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> Chris Christopherson's song. Yeah. Um, gosh, there have been so many. I wish I had written The Gambler. <laughs> what, oh, a great, <laughs> what, what a great, great song. Right? song. <laughs> what a great <laughs> story song. Uh, Don Schlitz wrote that. There are, there are so many great songs that come to mind. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wish I wish I had written Are the Good Times Really Over for Good that Merle Haggard wrote and recorded. Uh, there, there are so many great songs. It's mm-hmm. hard to pick a favorite because yeah. loving music as much as I do, I have hundreds of songs that I wish I'd written. <laughs> now, this is probably going to be another hard choice because I know these are all your babies, but I still always ask. What song of yours means the most and why? Well, there's several of them. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're the ones the ones that I enjoy the most are the ones that I enjoy performing the most in concert. And one of them would have to be Slow Burn, which was uh, produced by Jim Ed Norman, who did a lot of the work with the Eagles uh, years ago with mm-hmm. Glenn Fry and Henley. Um, uh, another one would have to be Do You Want to Go to Heaven because it was uh, a song, a great story song. I love story mm-hmm. songs. And then, of course, uh, the song Party Time, which oh, wow. puts everybody in a good spirited party mood. <laughs> and it was written by, yes. by Bruce Chanel. So mm-hmm. those are just a few of my favorites. <clears throat> Tell us one or two stories of. Something you know, you've been doing this for many years, and there's, and I'm sure on stage some crazy things have happened. Tell us one or two stories of things that have happened. That, that there are times where you're like, wow, you know, you know, whether good or bad, you're just like, wow, you know. Well, you know, <laughs> year, years ago we used to use a lot of pyro in our shows, pyrotechnics with, you know, with oh, yes. cannons yeah. and and mm-hmm. and you know, with pyrotechnics. I was playing in Charlotte, North Carolina one night. I'll never forget it. And they had security ringing. They were standing in front of the stage, uh, rung around the front of the stage. And uh, we assumed that everybody knew that we would be using pyro at the very end of the show. Yeah. And uh, Uh at the very end of the show, a big cannon goes off, a big bang. And this lady policewoman standing in front of the stage instantly fell out and i'm going, oh wow oh gosh i hope mm-hmm. she didn't have a heart attack or something but she fainted from the it, it frightened her so bad oh so wow that, that yeah. was a showstopper and then <laughs> the other the other time was i was playing in atlanta georgia and uh i was going through my don johnson stage i thought i was don johnson in miami vice and i was wearing white <laughs> linen suits with t-shirts underneath them and i'm standing mm-hmm. on stage and i i felt the front of my coat and pants were soaking wet and i thought <laughs> what in the world has happened here i i didn't uh, do anything it wasn't me and I looked yeah. down in the front row. I looked down in the front row, and there was a little kid, about a five-year-old kid with a water gun, and he was squirting <laughs> me on stage. And of course, when you're wearing white linen and it gets wet, it sticks to your skin, and you can see through it. 
So yeah. it was a little embarrassing, but uh, I managed to get through the show. But that's that's a couple, a couple went there. I love that, you know, because you never know what stories you're going to get, and I love that. So what's a message that you want to get through to people through your music? Uh, that if I can make it, anyone can make it. Um, I want to be I want to be a portal. I want to be a door that people knows that people can get through and have their dreams come true. I, I want to be an inspiration for anyone who dreams of doing something in music, mm-hmm. because all the odds were against me, yeah. but somehow I managed to overcome them through believing. And through mm-hmm. faith mm-hmm. and through dreaming. So my message is, is that I just want to lift people up and inspire people to dream. We love that because we, you know, our whole life has been nothing but faith. Like even from the moment we met, we met back in 2002 on a Christian singles website. So, you know, we, was, we met when it was taboo because everybody, a lot of people meet now online, but we met right. when it was taboo. And, I, and I'll never forget, we, we met on February 2nd of 02. We talked on the phone for the first time on February 4th. We set a wedding date on February 18th, and we met in person March 4th. So we were meeting in wow. person to see who we were mm-hmm. going to marry. We just knew that God brought us together. We knew without a doubt. Sure. We had that um, childlike faith that there was just too much here. And we were called yeah. crazy and all this because, of course, you don't meet people online in 2002. Oh, that's nuts. And right. here we are right. almost 18 years later proving everybody wrong. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, man, I love <laughs> stories like that. Well, I think, you, I, I think people know. I, mm. knew when, I, knew, I knew when I wanted to spend my life with Kelly, my wife mm-hmm. now. I've mm-hmm. known her since she was very young, but mm-hmm. – I knew instantly, you know, it was an yeah. instant thing with me. I knew I'd be spending what part of my life I had left with her. And mm-hmm. here we are 20 years later, and we love each other wow. more today than we did when we first started dating. Oh, that's same that's here. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. We love it when we, and we had your wife on, uh, on too, in the past, so which is pretty yeah, cool. She, and she, she thoroughly enjoyed it. She told me to tell you hello. <laughs> you tell her hello from us, and we thoroughly enjoyed it, too. <laughs> yes. So if you know you've lived, you've done a long career, and very few people make it that long. So I'm sure you've got great advice. So if let's say that you had a friend of yours that you heard him or her sing, and they have something special. There's definitely something there. Now this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. But they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet when it comes to per- the performance side. But they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says that stage bug where they look over the crowd, the crowd's roaring for them, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, TJ, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Well, it's very simple. It's the same advice that I got from Elvis. I asked him one day, I said, what advice can you give me that will give me longevity like you've had? And he said this, if you ever forget where you came from, you will never get where you want to go. Wow. There's no room. There's no room in this business as a performer 
There's no room for a large ego. We all have egos, but it's how you control your ego as to whether people will want to see you continue or take it from you. So, therefore, be humble, be kind, uh, be authentic, be real, and 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 just really and truly uh, never forget where you came from. That in the beginning there was nothing, and mm-hmm. that you have come from that and have that appreciation for your career. And, you know, you're talking about that. That really made me think about – I remember before we launched the show, I asked if one of my Nashville friends what advice he'd give us, and I'll never forget what he said. It kind of ties into what you just said. But he said that the only, only piece of advice he, would, he said he would give is be and stay authentic. He says you could get out yep. there and tell, tell every Bobby Bones because he knows we look up to like Bobby Bones and Ty Bentley and all that. He says right. you could tell every Bobby Bones joke, every Ty Bentley joke, and he says you might even be good at it. Who knows? He goes, but the, yep. the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that yep. day comes, you will lose every bit of your audience because your audience was never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. So your show may grow right. slower. But you'll gain the right audience by staying authentic. Absolutely. That's what I've always tried to do. And I've never forgot that. Now, as we come to a close here, um, I always like to end with this last question. We kind of built our show around this question. Um, What is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Wow, I never had anybody ask that. That's a good question. (laughs) I... uh, I think it would be uh, most hosts don't ask you about your spiritual side mm-hmm. or your beliefs. You know, and we did talk and we did talk uh, about that. But but we've talked about that already. But that's one side of me that I always want people to know mm-hmm. that Amen. I'm a, such a strong believer. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot mm-hmm. of times people don't ask that because. I don't know why they don't. Uh, maybe they think it's too They're personal. Scared. I'll tell you a great. I'll tell you a great story really quick. Yeah. When I had Lionel Richie on my radio show on Sirius XM, I asked. I I always like to throw one question at my guests that maybe will stump them or show me <laughs> a side of them that no one knows. And I was talking to <laughs> Lionel, and Lionel Lionel Richie has been one of my dearest and closest friends for fifty years, forty five years. Yeah. And so. In the middle of the interview, I said, Lionel, I understand that before you became a singer, that you were on your way to the seminary oh, wow. to be a preacher. Wow. And he said, yes, I was. And that opened up a whole conversation about religion and belief and all this Love stuff. Love that. And that, that part of the interview became the biggest and most popular part of my interview with him that day because yeah. it showed a side of him that people didn't know about him. Yeah. So therefore to answer your question, I I wish people would would show uh, ask me the question about my spiritual side. I think so I, people I would know that. what I'm really all about. And I love that because uh, you know you know, when we do our show, you never know where people stand, so I let the artists lead there. And if they talk about God a little bit, it's on. As you've seen through this show, yeah. we talked about it a lot because, again, 
you know, I want to bring that if, – if they're hardcore believers like I am, and my wife is, right. we want that side to come out because I think it's so important in this it. day and time mm-hmm. to show people that you, you can stand for God and still make it in music. Absolutely. Amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> and, and I think that – because I think a lot of times, whether it's artists or even hosts, I think sometimes they're scared to go there because they don't know how their audience will feel. Um, because again, we're in such a crazy time right now. But but I'll be honest, you know, if I gotta hide me being me, my love for God, then I will quit my show. Simple as that. Sure. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> well, we, you know. So if you want to tell everybody how they can reach out to you, that would be awesome too. Now. Well, you know, you can reach me on social media. I'm very big on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Uh, people can reach out to us, or you can go to tgshepherd.com and keep up with what's going on in our world. Uh, it, it's uh, We're afforded those great luxuries of having uh, avenues that people can reach us through social media and on our website. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we thoroughly enjoyed having you on today. I thoroughly enjoyed you having me on. I think it was great. I mean – you know, you do interviews, and then occasionally you'll run across people where you just have a conversation, and today was a conversation, and I thoroughly enjoyed it so much. Well, that, we that was our, that's always been our plan from day one. When we first launched yeah. the show back in January, I wanted to, I was like, how can we be different? Cause, you know, now, granted, being a husband and wife host team, that already makes us different. You know, But I want to right. see beyond that. And, and I lo- listen to other podcasts. I was like, you know what? I know how we'll be different. It's like nobody gives people around 60 minutes. Everybody gives about 20, 25 right. minutes. So, so really in that right. time you can right. only talk about music. So then I came up right. with the whole tagline, up close and personal, because you know what? I want to be known as a show that gets up close and personal with all these artists. Well, you know what? From doing this with you today, I can truthfully be a testimony to you that you are up close and personal, and I loved it. Well, we appreciate it. We thank you so much. And coming from someone in your position, we love that, and we honor that. And and we will definitely keep the show going as strong as we can. (laughs) Well, good good luck to you. God bless you both, you and and your family, and uh, stay safe. Thanks, and we look forward to having you back down the road. Okay, take care. All right, you too. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.